0: Hey Aaron, how's it going?
1: Hey. Going great. How are
0: you? I'm doing well. Listen, I just want to say thank you so much for joining me on the She Ventures Now podcast. It's been a long time coming. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like super grateful because I feel like we have um we have commonalities and dreams and passions. And last Thanksgiving, we got to talking about like things that are rumbling in our hearts. And now I feel like I see a little bit of the fruition of your hard work. And I think similarly you to me. Um, yeah. And I just know that it's hard to take away time to just talk about that and share, but I'm really thankful. I'm thankful for you today.
1: Yeah. No problem. Thank you for having me. is yeah. the kind of stuff that fuels me. Right. And I think that it's really important. So.
0: Cool. Before we start, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to let people know how we know each other and let people know what you're, you're kind of tackling right now.
1: Okay. So my name is Aaron P. E. Wood. I usually throw that P in there. I don't know what it is. I've always done it. <laughs> well, uh, a lot of people call me that actually refer to me as Aaron P. Wood. It's become a thing now. <laughs> so um, uh, I am I'm 32 years old. Uh, I'm a husband and a father of three uh, wonderful children. Uh, I know Gayon through uh
0: Gators UF. <laughs> We Gators! UF.
1: We met while we were in college there. Um, I had transferred to the University of Florida from another college where I was playing football at the time. Uh, started to kind of drop football, uh, move on with my studies, which was engineering, and uh, Met and a host of other people in Florida, including my wife, uh, and then moved on to University of Texas for graduate school, and then finally to Seattle, which is where I'm sitting right now at uh, a Starbucks. Uh, very fitting for for Seattle that I'm in a coffee shop. Uh, but yeah, that's how I got here. It's a good job out here, and uh, but still been pursuing other entrepreneurial uh, interests along the way.
0: So you are by trade, you are an engineer, right?
1: Yeah, what kind of engineer? Because I
0: know some people might be in the engineering industry. So tell us what you do. Sure.
1: So um, I'm a structural engineer by um, education. I've held different types of engineering positions, everything from uh, design, project management. Uh, um, actually, my first job out of college was a forensic engineer, in which we go and investigate building failures and uh, material, um, material defects and things like that. Um, on existing buildings, so we would go out and look at structures, and um, basically, if there was a failure of any kind, or uh, some sort of deterioration, we would assess it, and then uh, provide a, a fix for that. So I've done everything from the design into the research end, so I'm a pretty simple engineering guy, um, by academics and by my profession, but at the same time, I have a very much a creative side, and I love to write, I love the art.
0: Um, (laughs) like pause real quick (laughs) this is the reason why i invited you on this podcast because for some reason just as your sister like you know as a sister from afar i've been always impressed with how faithful you are with your latent talents like you sing you play piano you play the guitar you you start and, are you into graphic design or no?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but not not so much on like the, the design element side as much as um, putting together the content, concept. So I work with other people who specialize in like making that I do some logo designs. I did my my own logo design, I'll do a little bit of that. But more of uh taking those elements and putting them into a product like a website uh, design or uh, social media content um, design, stuff like that.
0: Okay. So go ahead and just transition real quick and tell us what triggered you, because sort of just the behind the scenes, just so that everyone's know, let everyone know, She Ventures Now podcast explores with millennial movers and shakers. Concepts like singleness, love, and career change and business startup. And so, in the career change bucket, I reached out to you because I wanted to see if you'd be interested, or you reached out to me, whichever one. Yeah. And I want people to know, like, the background story of how people who either have already made the change or in the middle of making that change, how that experience is, so I can encourage people to continue to do that. Tell us, like, what triggered your career change? Yeah. So
1: my career change. Uh, it was triggered by, I guess, exploration slash reading. Um, triggered by obviously, I think not being completely energized with my current job. So as you said, I'm into a lot of things. Um, I like all these different sorts of things, and so it's not it's not me to just have my hands in a single in a single one thing. Um, but I do know like becoming a jack of all trades is also not really preferred because people would like to seek out an expert when it comes to you know getting work done right for sure um and i definitely you know understand that just from the way engineering works and any other trade works you want to go to the person who does that thing but that said i feel like i'm more of a executive sort of strategist kind of person where i can relate with so many different people i meet people on airplanes all the time and they always let me come across so uh you know personable and You know, there's, I don't feel like there's anyone I can't relate with because I have such a well-rounded background in sports and music and I'm one of seven children, so I'm a large family in which I was always around this very chaotic sort of balanced dynamic of a culture growing up. Yeah. So now I'm seeking that in my work life. And as an engineer, you know, I'm sitting in a seat for eight to 10 hours a day doing calculations, uh, you know, not talking really to anyone and, uh. As I say very boldly on my on my LinkedIn profile, even in my bio for this podcast, you know, I'm not your average type of engineer. Um, most people, when they meet me, they say, "You're, you're an engineer, really?" Like,
0: wow, you know, it's
1: just not it's not what you typically get, and I do stand out on the job because of that. But the fact remains that I was still the, I still have to fit into the box of an engineer on the day to day task of you know at work. Absolutely. And so. Yeah, so uh, because I want to be able to do something more with all of these talents, like I just really felt deep down in my heart that uh, all of the giftings that God's given me should be used um, and should be exercised in my in my work, not just you know for me to explore them after hours through all these other creative um, expressions that you mentioned that I have. Like that's great and all, but at the end of the day, I got kids to feed, right? And it's like. I know that the more passionate I am about what I'm doing every single day, the better I'm going to do that job. And absolutely. so I guess I started listening to, you know, uh, 48 Days Podcast. Um, Did you? you know. Yeah, absolutely.
0: He's like my uncle. Dan Miller is right. my uncle. Yeah. Cause yeah. Let me just. There, go. <laughs> there you go. Creating my I got it. on his stuff. He is absolutely yeah. great. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah I've read 48 Days to Work you Love. Most of that, um, up to the point when you start talking about another job, because for me, I didn't, I don't feel the work I love is another job in the traditional sense. I really felt it was going to be called a call to entrepreneurship, uh, and what I'm now defining as parallel entrepreneurship, because I know I've heard the term serial entrepreneur, right? And go out and have all these different businesses. But they don't necessarily relate to each other, so you're just kinda like over here you're doing this, over here you're doing that. Well, I really believe that there's a way for us to take all of the things that we're interested in and that we really love and that we're passionate about and find niches of business that we can express ourselves to where those those expressions are sort of related to each other. You're not you're not serial in your approach, you're parallel in your approach, and that these things are all sort of kinda in the same thing. Yeah. So I know not talking a lot there, but I guess what I'm saying is that's kind of how I got inspired to start looking outside of my day job and start thinking a little bit about how can I, how can I uh, pursue things that would allow me to be fully energized in what I'm doing? You
0: I like
1: it. So, yeah.
0: yeah, no, I like it. So take us to take us on the journey with you. Right. And, 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 I, and forgive me because I do have a hard stop for nine o'clock Eastern standard time. Um, but tell us, And it's kind of nuanced, right? Because you're starting the career shift. Have you been nervous at all? Like, did you go through any evolutions of being like nervous, anxious, and then peaceful, like concentrating, like making a plan for yourself? Now that I know that you already did the 48 days stuff, I feel like you went through a similar journey of like exploring everything. So what did you, did you come through any anxiety? Did you encounter that, overcome it?
1: Most of my anxiety has been on not focusing on my day job um, to pursue the dream job, not necessarily to the <laughs> dream job. I feel, I feel very confident on that I still, side. Get
0: paid, I still gotta
1: get paid, Yeah. So it's like it's the risk that I'm taking, right? Of not yeah. being fully. So I mean, I'm 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 physically there every day, but my mentally. I'm in another place a lot of times during the most part of my work day. and that's very stressful when you have a family to provide for and like people be relying on. You just like, am I doing this job completely adequately to where you know no one's gonna, you know, think that I'm slacking off in any way and that I'm you know I'm being excellent, I'm being everything that I want to be on this job first um, because this is the one that's paying me. Um, that's been more of my anxiety on that end, but I, and I didn't do the 48 days in like. um, Calculated, like structured fashion. I kind of more read it as inspiration, and it, it helped uh, move me to a place. Gotcha. Uh, but I didn't like I didn't like do it step by step, sort of you know take it in that approach. Um, and similarly with a lot of the other readings that I've done I, in, in 2017, my approach was uh, my theme for this whole year is been less ideas, more implementation. Mm-hmm. So we get all these ideas spinning ahead. Oh, we can do this. Business. We can do this. We can do that. And both my wife and I were both passionate about uh, pursuing these. We have all these creative ideas that come up, but actually getting them out of your head on paper into a Spotify established business where you're actually taking clients and doing all that, that takes extra work. It does. And so, yeah, that's been really the focus this year.
0: That's cool. Yeah. I think a lot of people can relate to what you just said, though. I think a lot of people who are entrepreneurial who are endeavoring to a career change, even if they're not entrepreneurial, the anxiety of still going to a job every day where as the time progresses, your, how do I say it? Your intrinsic energy or excitement has dwindled because you're now more interested in like really seeing a fuller expression of yourself. So I feel like that's really a great, a great point. What do you think the universal symptoms are of being career frustrated? Like, what would you say those things are?
1: Uh, job apathy, Um, uh, just depression. Um, It's serious. Yeah. um, You know, not being fully engaged in your work, um, in your day job, you know, which then affects the rest of your team morale and everything else. And I feel, sometimes I'm even feeling guilty of that myself. And that's why to to one extent, it's almost like I feel like I have to pursue these other interests because I know that they're That they are going to be the things that I won't fall asleep at the desk doing. You know, like I'm not, it's just, I want to be able to be alert, awake, energized, ready for each day, wake up in the morning and excited about what I'm going to do. And for me, engineering is just not that for me anymore. I've learned a lot from engineering. I'm taking so many things from being a structural engineer and the rigor of the schooling and everything I had to do. Um, I learned so much. But on the day to day, I just, I can't, I just can't anymore, you know? Yeah. Um,
0: it's real. In these and streets. I think
1: that that's, yeah. Sorry, go ahead.
0: No, I'm saying it's real in these streets. It's real.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You, you become very, like a very streaky employee, you know, it's like one week you're good. The next week is like, you're not. And I feel like that's not what my job deserves. And, you know, a lot of people want the seat that I'm in. Yeah. And so I'm trying to do my best to be efficient every day at, at the workplace, but really grind in the evenings and midnight, late night hours, weekend. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, I feel really, really caught to what I'm doing.
0: Yeah. Another thing, too, just to kind of console us, because I think we've all been there where it's like, wait, ugh, am I not performing well? Sometimes we, uh, I think one of the things I had to consider when I was still at a job um, was these eight hour work days, the, the workload I'm doing may not actually need eight hours. <laughs> exactly. So it's kind of like yeah. sometimes you you learn to be more efficient with what you got, yeah. and they're getting the best of you, but you're not giving them extra hours than is needed. Does that make sense?
1: Right. You're not giving them more than what they're asking for. But then at the same day, it's like, at the same time like if I, if it was my business, I wouldn't want people just giving me just enough. Right. I know. Like I don't, and that's and that's not my style anyway. That's how I got where I'm
0: at now. It's funny because even just to be vulnerable with you, one of the things that I'm realizing in finishing up my grad school this year is I don't know if I want to work for another company per se, but if I do, I might take like a real entry-level bare minimum job where it's like I can do my own thing while working. That's something I'm that, mm-hmm. that I'm kind of mulling over. It's like because mm-hmm. the way that I'm wired, I just need – to have that kind of flexibility, you know? Yeah.
1: And I would say like, oh no, I was going to say like, some of the anxiety I have is that I actually do have some of that flexibility right now. And it actually creates more anxiety for me. because, (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Because it's not like you're working from home or anything like that. It's like, there's so much downtime in some of these really, really big corporate businesses. It's just, it's it's a bad, they all know, everyone knows it exists. But at the same time, like, Again, integrity and and the ethical standards of the company, you shouldn't really be using that after that. So it just creates another gap of anxiety where I'm just sitting here feeling like I'm wasting my life away. Like what am I doing
0: Yeah. So that cognitive dissonance is real, Erin, and a lot of people before us have faced it head on. So I just know once you know you are not alone.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) You're not alone. Like it's so real. It very much so is. Let's move on to, like, aha moments you've had along the way. Like, what, what would you say are, like, the biggest top two aha moments, lessons learned? It could be something from a book, whatever.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. um, definitely seeking the advice of others. Um, I just recently posted on um, LinkedIn about this um, I'm kind of one who kind of, I seek out mentors. I think it's a healthy thing to do. And I usually seek out people who are at least 20 years older than me. That's like that's just a baseline requirement for me. Because um, <laughs> I know that they've already walked the road. So it's not, it's great to talk I to know. your peers, but it's better, I think, to talk to the people ahead of you. Agreed. Uh, so, I agree with that. So that's an aha uh-huh for me. And then the other one is just a practical aha uh-huh that there's a lot of business tools out there that, help minimize and reduce the amount of work that you need to do um everything doesn't have to be done in photoshop and illustrator it can still be you know amazing i put together um content and stuff in powerpoint that people they would they would never ever guess that i that i did it there i'm not saying that these are always the best tools to use but you should use these tools when when you can because it's it's more important to get started and get moving than it is to just um, have all your ducks in a row, which I know I struggle with even for this interview, but, <laughs> but you know, it's really important. It actually reminded me as you were even telling me, oh, don't just come, come on, be yourself. You know, don't worry about having all your business shirt first day today. Um, Cause I was on the factory today. So I'm dressed a little I'm <laughs> Dressed down today. But like, it's more important to like keep moving towards your goal and, Increment, um, incremental uh, innovation is very important. Um, when you talk about creativity or trying to lead something that's revolutionary, you can't do it all in one big chunk. It has to just be, be. an incremental progress.
0: Absolutely. And you know, you've touched up on another thing. Like, I'm still overcoming a lot of perfectionism. And I'm realizing it's, it's uh, I have to. I have to literally to become the woman that I know I want to be. I have to get over perfectionism because I can't get anything done one. And then two, the amount of time it takes to be a perfectionist to actually get stuff done. is horrible. (laughs) So for me, I can't, I got to get out. I have to get out of that. One, I've had friends who hold me accountable, but then two, I've had to like really be stern with myself about like, stop wanting everything to be perfect. Like right. even my own value for, cause I never really valued excellence per se, cause I have weird toxic influences about that. Um, mm-hmm. but I do value like really producing good content, like something that makes people think we thought about this, you know? Mm-hmm. But I've mm-hmm. had to get over the fact that, like, I have not been making the amount of gains that I want to because I've been trying to make it super perfect, and and so I know that's been a really good moment for me. I gotta move moving. Right. I gotta get to the some other meaty yeah. stuff. So
1: let's do. I was gonna right. say one one quick one quick Kiyosaki uh, quote on that was that says, you know, it's not about um, having everything figured out before you start. It's about asking the right questions along the way. Nice. So, you know, yeah. I like like that one, but
0: go ahead. Yeah. One that my friend Robin always says, and she's She's like the queen of quotes. Um, She's also a women's empowerment coach. She, uh, you know, Robin, she says done is better than perfect. Like done is better than perfect. The amount of people that are making a lot of money doing like not even a a stellar job is so conspicuous now on the internet. You know what I mean?
1: It's crazy. Yeah, definitely.
0: So let's do the rapid fire questions. You ready?
1: Okay. Yep. Ready.
0: Right. So let me get the questions out real quick. Cause I can find them. All right. Number one, what would you say is your best tip on finding, this is more about your career change more than your business startup. Okay. What okay. Is yeah. on finding a new job or exploring entrepreneurship. Best tip.
1: Best tip. Um,
0: Probably talk with
1: other entrepreneurs, for one. Um, but I don't know if that's the best tip. Best tip would be... Sorry, repeat the question one more time. Best uh,
0: tip on finding a new job that fits you or exploring entrepreneurs, entrepreneurialism? Entrepreneurship. Um, I don't
1: know. I passed.
0: Okay, no worries. Number two, what would be the best piece of advice on coming up with your first product or service?
1: Uh, Start with marketing at the beginning of your planning. Um, If you cannot identify a target market, somebody who is going to purchase what you're planning to drum up in your head, then you've already failed. So, you know, start, start with the end in mind, basically. Um, Like one of the things I did with rebranding myself and knowing that I wanted to go more business and um, engineering is I took a marketing class and, and that's the business. I actually started a business in marketing. But what I learned even in that class is that I said put marketing at the center of all business planning because so many people look at like oh this is going to be a cool product and oh it's only going to take you this long to develop it and X Y Z but you have not identified um, a target buyer or you you don't even know that market exists. yet. So, that's good. Yeah, that's-
0: I like that. So, what is what would be your best tip on pricing your product or service?
1: Uh, don't price it too low. Um, understand like what is the general accepted practice in your in whatever it is your business that you're doing. Um, and like big like I've seen a lot of people slash like for instance I'm, I'm running a, uh, a boot camp this summer right a fitness right. boot camp yeah. and my my eight week boot camp is 32 sessions right and it's two hundred and ninety nine dollars. And at at first, I thought to actually offer the bootcamp for $150. And I probably could have, I would have probably like break even on my investment if I do it that way with the number of uh, students that I want to be in this class, right? (laughs) Um, But I recognize through pricing strategy and just what I've read and learned about marketing that when you price something uh, too low, even, it makes it appear cheap or unwanted. And, you know, we think about products like um, the iPhone or Beats by Dre headphones, You know, they price these things a certain way because they want to give it a certain appeal. But that appeal has to match the target market as well. That's why I said your marketing, your whatever you're doing from a business standpoint, really needs to start with marketing at the the center because it's going to dictate everything else.
0: That's good. I like it. What's your best piece of advice you've ever heard about career success?
1: Oh, I think this might have been from, um, actually, I think it was, Dave Ramsey who said a job is never going to satisfy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so as long as you're looking for another job, you're going to find yourself in the same freaking boat. Um, I've done it already time and time again, and I know millennials were very fond of job hopping company to company, getting that experience, all this, Mm -hmm. but what we're not aware of is that intrinsically, deep down, what we're really searching for is something much deeper um, in its purpose of fulfillment. And so now we have this scattered resume with all this impressive experience that we got all these different places, but personally, we're still feeling constrained by this job because we never really identified what it was that we're trying to fill in, a, in a, our own ourselves for our career. And I think that goes back to your primary strengths um, and identifying what those are. Strength Finders 2.0, by, uh, by the way, if you haven't read it, if you haven't done it, are you familiar with Strength Finders? Okay, of course you are. Like most... Most entrepreneur kind of people are. Yep, there you go, Tom Rath. That is like so critical, you know, because if you're operating within within your strengths and you're seeking positions that really exercise your strengths and your primary gifting. Like for me, what I recognize with engineering is that it doesn't tap into my creative side enough. Um, there's there's pretty much a way to design a beam or a column or you know a bridge that we we kind of figured it out over the last 150 years. So there's, there's opportunity for creativity, but it doesn't pull on me in the way that marketing does where I'm always getting an opportunity to, um, to help a brand think of a new idea or a new concept. So that is a major strength of mine. So in order to operate in that strength, that's why I'm transitioning over to a different industry. I
0: love it. I love it. So let's wrap it up. Let's, yeah. I want you to tell me what would you say is your personal idea of success at this point of your life?
1: Oh, that's a good one. My personal idea of success would be number one uh, operating in my strengths in a, in in a uh, in a business or industry that I'm very passionate about. That I can honestly say I love what I do. Um, yeah. I read um, uh, the Millionaire Mind by Thomas J. Stanley. yeah, and in that book in that book, he talks about the I don't know how many deca millionaires that they interviewed. And one, of the, the, one of the only things they could find in common with these people was that all of them could say that they love the work that they do. So to me, that is definitely would be, you know, number one, success. Number two is being able to create my own hours and have that, um, that yeah. sort of work culture slash environment freedom to where like right now, like I'm sitting in a coffee shop, this is work. Mm-hmm. Like this is my idea of work now, you know, mm-hmm. um, or sitting on a beach someplace else on vacation and you've got your computer, and you're still working because you can work from anywhere. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm starting businesses, all the businesses that I'm starting, including my boot camp, even though it's going to be local this first year. I'm hoping to create a sort of a franchise model with it to where I'm running in different cities all around the U.S., and I'm paying my trainers. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm not running any boot camps. I'm just running all the marketing and, and creating the model and then, I'm going to be spreading that model and, and branching out. So, so there's ways to get creative. I think today, to where you know, business doesn't have to be have to look like going to a nine to five, showing up to a building every day. Yeah, So absolutely. those would be those would be um, marks of success mm-hmm. for me, and obviously being profitable, um, having a business that that can provide for my family. Um, you know, that I have more than enough. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't think I have to be a millionaire overnight. Um, but just that I'm wealthy, meaning that I have more than I need.
0: I like it, man. Thank you so much. Awesome, Aaron. I appreciate you so much and taking the time of joining us in the She Ventures Now podcast. I do have to wrap things up, but I really appreciate you just getting vulnerable, telling us about your story. I feel like a lot of people can benefit, especially the way you explore what triggered your change. And also, you just navigating and thinking long term and not playing around with the time that you have. I really appreciate that. So, don't forget to send a headshot. (laughs)
1: Okay. Oh, no. I sent
0: it over already. Okay. Perfect. Were you going to say something? I didn't mean to cut you off.
1: Oh, no. Yeah. I was just going to say, in in closing, seizing the moment. Like, that's really important.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's all for now, friends. If you'd like to get updates on new episodes, articles, products, and coaching services to help you make quantum leaps and personal change, sign up for our newsletter at sheventuresnow.com slash updates.